This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, many TSA employees will soon be offered early retirement. Meanwhile, another sector of Homeland Security is about to be furloughed. And President Trump will indeed grant National Guard members benefits for their coronavirus response. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The Transportation Security Administration will soon offer early retirements to employees across the agency. TSA says it'll share the details and terms with... TSA says it'll share the details and terms with employees eligible for a voluntary early retirement authority sometime next month. TSA tells Federal News Network Vera offers will not include incentive payments. The agency had received early retirement authority through April 2021 from the Office of Personnel Management. Federal employees who have 25 years of service at any age or have 20 years of service and are at least 50 years old are usually eligible for a Vera. The majority of the workforce at U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services faces the prospect of unpaid furloughs in the next few weeks. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has more. The agency gets most of its funding from visa and citizenship application fees. For obvious reasons, those funding streams have almost evaporated in recent months. The agency has warned it will need to furlough about 11,000 of its 18,700 employees starting in July. To avoid those furloughs, the agency would need Congress to appropriate $1.2 billion in new funding to replace those funding streams, including $571 million to keep paying employees' salaries and maintaining operations for the rest of fiscal 2020. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. National Guard members working in response to coronavirus will be able to take home federal benefits. President Donald Trump announced he is extending Title 32 authorities until mid-August. Previously, those authorities were going to end a day short of the 90-day period needed to garner perks like post-9-11 GI Bill benefits. Senator Tammy Duckworth introduced legislation earlier this month to extend Title 32 in case the president did not. Congressman Jerry Connolly is not thrilled with the way recent changes to the Thrift Savings Plan and the International Fund were handled. The TSP board reversed course on its plans to move the I-Fund to an emerging markets benchmark that tracked Chinese securities. The decision came after the Labor Department expressed concerns and the president nominated new board members. But Connolly says the White House and Labor Department overstepped their authority, and he says the Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board has become politicized as a result. Households getting their pandemic stimulus payments as prepaid debit cards are worried it's a scam. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. Members of the House Ways and Means Committee tell the Treasury Department that debit cards come in plain white envelopes sent from Money Network Cardholder Services and give no indication the payment comes from Treasury. Lawmakers are also concerned they have to give out part of their Social Security number over the phone to activate the card. Lawmakers ask Treasury how many cards it sent versus how many have been activated. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Moving to maximum telework across federal agencies has not been painless, and Congress wants to know just how it's going. The Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security, or CARES Act, requires the Government Accountability Office to oversee and audit how agencies are operating in this new telework environment. Nick Marinos, Director of Information Technology and Cybersecurity at GAO, says this will build upon current evaluations of cyber risk management. 
Agency Freedom of Information Act offices hit with delays are told to finish what they can while teleworking during the pandemic. Guidance from the Justice Department's Office of Information Policy urges FOIA offices to use video conference platforms to hold meetings and training for employees. It also tells agencies to keep requesters in the loop about expected delays with mailed or faxed requests or with types of records that they can't search working from home. The guidance includes best practices on FOIA processing during the pandemic based on a meeting of the Chief FOIA Officer's Council Technology Committee. A new bill would give a facelift to the National Science Foundation. NSF would get a new name and $100 billion over five years should the Endless Frontier Act become law. It would create a directorate for technology and rename the NSF as the National Science and Technology Foundation. The technology directorate would be modeled after the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. It would fund research across 10 areas, including everything from artificial intelligence and machine learning to biotechnology, genomic, and synthetic biology. DHS is set to bring on a well-known executive to be its new CIO. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has details. Karen Evans has found a new home. The former Federal Chief Information Officer and Assistant Secretary at the Energy Department will be named the new CIO at the Homeland Security Department. Multiple sources confirmed the Federal News Network will be appointed by President Donald Trump in the coming days. The DHS CIO is presidentially appointed, but not Senate confirmed. Evans will replace John Zangardi, who left in November. Beth Capello, the DHS deputy CIO, has been acting since Zingardi left. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. A big department chief information officer finds vendors are willing to go easy when software license requirements shoot sky high. More from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. Veterans Affairs CIO James Jaffer says the pandemic meant VA needed 100,000 more mobile devices and 250,000 more network endpoints. He tells an AFC a Bethesda webinar, vendors refrained from a no-discount-in-a-crisis approach Instead, they negotiated the extra licenses at what Jaffer called reasonable price points. And when VA acquired more licenses than it needed in a given moment, it only pays for those in use. I'm Tom Temin. Veterans Affairs is launching a four-year study on the coronavirus and its effects on veterans. VA will study throat swabs and blood tests to learn how the virus that causes COVID-19 has impacted veterans. The study involves veterans who are diagnosed and recovered from the virus and those who may be at risk. VA Secretary Robert Wilkie says the study will complement a similar one at the Defense Department with active duty service members. VA's Cooperative Studies Program and its Epidemiologic Research and Information Center in Seattle are leading and coordinating the study. VA is also collecting $1.4 million in annual payments from local unions that began renting VA office space in March. VA gave unions a deadline late last year to either move out or pay rent on department space. 77 union locals agreed to stay in rent. Another 244 moved out of VA facilities. The department says the moves will free up 150,000 square feet of office and clinical space. It's all part of VA's efforts to enforce the president's 2018 executive orders on official time and collective bargaining. And service members at Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada will be able to use 5G connectivity by next year. The Defense Department is working with the Air Force to construct a 5G network on the base and will test it there for three years. Only users taking part in the testing will have access to the private network. It will also feature relocatable cell towers that can be set up and taken down in less than an hour. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast, subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts, and stay up to date on your agency's response to the coronavirus and our coronavirus resource page. I'm Eric White. 